You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for for, for Friday, March 5th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, possibly, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my work at places like Baseball FYI and Friars on Base, or maybe my non-related baseball writing at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Film Cred, and many more, and many more to come, hopefully. Uh, Please check out the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or you could check out my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and if you feel so inclined, hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have, and I'll do my very best to get back to you and maybe even get back to you right here on the show. And for today's podcast, guys, we got a good one for you. I'm going to be talking with Stacey Gatsoulis of Locked On Yankees. That's right, Locked On Yankees, to talk about my Brett Gardner fandom origins and really kind of uh, talk about how how my personality can really be showed by the fact that I chose Brett Gardner as my favorite player as a kid. But before we get through all that, I want to do some Padres news first, everybody, because in fact... I don't know if you knew this. This is absolutely a Padres podcast. So I want to talk about some of the news and some of the spring training stuff that's happened. And it's been a while since I've talked about uh, some spring training stuff because it's been like four games I basically have missed. But uh, the big news that kind of happened in terms of like tangible, really important news is that it was announced that that Jose Castillo is having Tommy John surgery and he'll miss the rest of the season. Um Yavi Guerra is missing the beginning of the season along with Matt Strom. We knew about Matt Strom, but Guerra is the new thing. So that leaves the Padres bullpen in a little bit of an interesting situation. And that brings me to Ryan Weathers, who a lot of people believe might be, is he the guy that's going to have to step up? I imagine he would be on... um, Tuesday against the Diamondbacks is when he last went out again. He started in the game. He went two innings, giving up two hits, one earned run, and a walk and two strikeouts. So not great and stuff, but he's going to be a guy, I think, to follow. uh, Just see how he acclimates the stuff in spring training and see if he can help bolster uh, the bullpen. That's now a little bit weaker. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Castillo and Guerrero aren't like our top people Matt Strom even like they're solid little you know innings eaters at the end of the bullpen but still that means that the depth of the bullpen is going to be an an issue so we're going to have to see if Ryan Weathers and Ryan Weathers remember he pitched in that playoff game uh against the Cardinals because you know we didn't really have many starters to count on uh they were getting smashed out of the game so quickly but uh Ryan Weathers is at least had some major league experience so he definitely should be one of the front runners I think for a spot and to replace one of these guys until they come back and there's plenty of other stuff that happened. Uh, Tatis hit a grand slam, and what I loved was how much Padres Twitter was just losing it. They're like, "Where's the video?" Like they were like Batman interrogating a villain. Like, "Where's the video?" <laughs> like everyone wanted the video so badly, but uh, they finally got the video. It was great. It's gonna be exciting. He did his little bat flip and everything. Um, the only th- questions about Tatis this year, honestly, is just wh- where you want to take him in your fantasy draft. And you guys should check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball with Scott Cullen. Uh, I-, I honestly, the way I see it is like. Not to go on too much of his fantasy tangent, but it's like you can't really go wrong with Acuna, Trout, Betts, or Tatis this year as, your, as the first overall pick. Like, it's really exciting times. I think we're going to get, as I talked with Zach Kreiser the other day, like, it's going to be interesting to see if this is the first year that we see a new, officially, like, the new best player in baseball over Mike Trout. So we're going to see that's going to be a storyline to watch. Um, but back to the Padres. 
Um, the last two kind of um, little things that I found interesting to talk about from spring training is that the Monday game, so not that that Diamondbacks game I was just talking about with Weathers, but the Monday game against the Cubs that they lost 0-1, um, Chris Paddock pitched. And he went two innings, only giving up a walk and then striking out three. So, and it's it's no mistake, I want to just talk about this for a little bit. You know, it's not a secret that I've kind of given Paddock some flack on this podcast and I have a total bunch of reasons for that. I actually think that he did not get enough flack last season. And I think that we just loved him so much as the sheriff that first year that we were a little bit blinded by that. That being said, though, I actually truly am starting to talk myself into not Paddock being good, but it's it's more that if Paddock and Musgrove are four and five starters that are quality four and five starters, there's a universe where Snell's good, Darvish is excellent, Lamette's healthy and he's excellent again. And there's a universe where Musgrove and Paddock are the most like overqualified four and five starters in the league. There's a universe where that happens. And if that happens, if that happens, then the Padres are absolutely 100% like, not absolutely 100%, but they are really right there dead even with the Dodgers, in my opinion, for getting that NL West crown. I think that's what's going to be the, the big thing of this. If this is 2020 Paddock that we get again, and the fastball's too straight, Curveball is too much of a novelty item that he doesn't actually use all that much. Same thing for the cutter. Um, then that could be concerning. But there is reason to believe that the fastball was almost so bad last year for Paddock that I have to hope that his control is going to be better. Hopefully they've been working on it. Him and Nola have been working together to figure things out. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I'm hoping from that perspective that we get uh, a good Paddock. And Musgrove is one of those guys that is the last like 13 starts that he's had indicative of a, a great turnaround if it is then ladies and gentlemen if we have another Zach Davies situation this year with the four and five that could be huge so I'm definitely paying attention to Paddock he's probably got that spot in the rotation and if anything I'm wondering if similar to Myers um which we're going to talk about a little bit on tomorrow's pod um I'm hoping that similar to Myers maybe not being the number one guy that you have to count on for the rotation maybe uh that might make Paddock be even better this year maybe he's ready to be in that kind of not have to have all the pressure on him because heading into last year, he's the number one ace starter on the team. And all of a sudden it becomes Lamette and then he's falling apart and whatnot, getting beat up by the Cardinals and just really weak teams um, a lot of times. But, you know, well, we're going to have to see. So nice start for him against the Cubs. And then the second pitcher to talk about is another wild card, which is Mackenzie Gore. Uh, he pitched on um, just this yesterday on Thursday against the Rangers. Uh, the Padres lost the game by a score of 5-3, to three, but... Um, Mackenzie Gore was solid. He went two innings, giving up three walks, having two Ks, but no runs. So the control wasn't all that great. But from what I'm hearing, man, every beat writer from AC to Casaval are always logging all the, the, the bullpen sessions and the, the pitching sessions that the Padres have. And that Gore looks great. They looked impressed. And they looked impressed last year, too. There were all these reports that Manny and all of them, they would love to watch him pitch. He's still, like, probably the best pitching prospect in baseball. And I'm going to have Aram Layton on, I think, at some point to talk about him again and talk about some of the other prospects, I think, um, coming from the Padres system. But um, I don't know exactly what happens with him. I think a lot of it is going to depend on health for guys. Does he debut this year? I imagine he does. I imagine he makes the team in some way. We're, we're going to see, though, because he really is uh, a major league starter. This isn't some guy that is a, a bullpen arm, right? But really, that's kind of it in terms of my thoughts on the past few days. I like taking large sample size of stuff. Uh, we'll talk tomorrow about the events of tonight's game um, that they have. They're going to be playing the Giants. 
should be interesting. Definitely the Giants are one of those wild card potential type of teams this year. Um, before we uh, get into this conversation with Stacy, really quickly, let me just talk to you about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up, which is very nice, of course. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And guys, also, we're covering everything you need to know about Padres spring trading here on this Locked On Padres podcast and soon to be some Brett Gardner talk uh, with Stacey Gatsoulis. But what about the rest of sports? You know, what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network, guys, they have you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great and iconic one, Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast from. As promised, I said I was having a Brett Gardner extravaganza this week, and I also teased that one of my fellow Locked On hosts loves Brett Gardner, even though he doesn't really love the Yankees as much as he used to. He hosts Locked On Padres. Javi Reyes, welcome to the show. I am so, so happy to be here. This <laughs> is, I, one could argue, one could argue, I'm not going to say this is a, like the official thing, but one could argue I've never been more excited to be on a podcast than this one right now. <laughs> I teased this a few weeks ago because I didn't realize the Yankees were going to wait so long to re-sign him. I knew it was inevitable. I knew that they weren't going to let him go. No one else was signing him. I figured they would work out a deal where they could bring him back. And, um, you know, I said on my show many times, you know, part of me is excited because I couldn't picture Brett Gardner in any other uniform other than a Yankee uniform. Um, and then there's the part of me that's worried that even though Brett, Brett, Brett Boone, no, Aaron Boone <laughs> keeps saying that left field is Clint Frazier's job to lose. I'm just terrified that we're going to see Brett Gardner starting in left field by <laughs> June. Like I feel as if uh, Frazier's leash is not going to be that long, but this is about Gardner. Let's celebrate Gardner. Um, I mean, I have some stories about games that I went to that he was the hero of. Um, mm -hmm. If you have something like that you'd like to talk about, please feel um, free. But what draws yeah. you to Brett Gardner? Oh, man. I mean, where do I start? Should I start from the beginning how this happened? Sure. Um, so basically, all right, everybody knows Padres fans, you can get mad at me if you want. I grew up a Yankees fan. Uh, I still I still care about them. I have to say that. All right, mom, you could leave the room now. All right, okay. Just have to make sure she hears that part before she <laughs> kicks me out of the house, right? Um, but basically, you know, as a kid, it started off with, I think my first ever game I went to was like, I don't know, when I was like a Todd, a toddler. Uh, I was like, maybe it's like 2002, mm -hmm. something like that. And I was at the stadium and didn't know, I barely even know how baseball worked, I think, at the time. And then I just choose a random player who I was like, all right, that'll be my guy. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? They're like, who is your favorite? So I just looked at, there was like, I remember this image in my head of like walking through the, the halls of the stadium and like there being this paint, like plastered posters or whatever on the side and showed like every player. And I just chose the one guy. I was just like that guy. I don't, I didn't know anything about him. It turned out that guy was Derek Jeter. <laughs> so some would say that I have a very, very good taste in, in everything, movies, people <laughs> like whatever in, in sports of, co of course right so Jeter basically becomes my favorite player for a while but 
here's where the, the part about me comes in and my origin story and my personality. My middle school, let's just say I wasn't exactly the popular kid. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was the kid who dared to like video games instead of being obsessed with sports. Uh, I was the kid who, you know, wasn't the best looking kid, wasn't the most athletic kid. I did like baseball, which is the funny part, by the way. Like they, they, I, I didn't like sports yet. I liked baseball and the team of New York, right? But that was one thing that happened. So I started to grow a thing, I think, and that molds into my personality today where I really wanted to be different. Um, I famously have talked about how the reason I got into the Chargers was because I was like, screw New York teams. Uh, I want to just, I like the team with the lightning bolt. That's going to be my thing now. <laughs> that kind of starts happening here where I still love Jeter and it still continue to love him up until he retired. But then I was like, I want my guy. Right. All of you basic, you know, losers <laughs> in this class, all of you schmucks who claim I'm the weird one. Yeah. All you basic ass motherfuckers just, oh, excuse me. Uh, just like the same guy. <laughs> um, so I was like, all right, I need, I need my own guy. And then I believe it is a game against the Toronto Blue Jays. This is how far back I remember. <laughs> this guy by the name of Brett Gardner comes up to the bat. I was like, oh, he's got a strong stance. All right, cool looking. And as a kid, because I don't remember the Yankees teams of like mid-2000s to you know 2011, 2012, having players that were particularly speedsters, I imagine there were some. I know Bernie Williams was really fast at the time, mm -hmm. but – I remember seeing him hit like a ground ball the third and almost make it. You know what I mean? And that was just so fascinating to me. <laughs> so I was just like, mom, that's my guy. And that's literally what it went from there. And I could continue the story, but I'm going to let you talk and stuff. But that's kind of how it started. He became uh, one of my guys for, for years to come pretty much. Well, my first Brett Gardner experience was a Sunday night ESPN game at old Yankee stadium july 6th i want to say 2008 mm. okay and you know yankees red Sox. um mm. uh that was our last year at the old stadium and i had a group of guys who sat behind me and we sat together for 10 years in our same seats and they had this one red Sox fan friend who was the biggest douchebag on earth <laughs> and i don't have a poker face so if i don't like you you know it gotcha. and he knew i couldn't stand him <laughs> but he would still do things to like bug me and the guys would be like she's literally going to throw you because we were in the fifth row of the upper deck she's literally going to throw you over the upper deck at some point during these games <laughs> and i think that was the last time i saw him at the old stadium but brett gardner hit a walk-off single off jonathan papelbon in the bottom of the oh ninth gosh. And it was like I, a barely hit single. Like it yes. wasn't even like it was a sharp single. Through the middle, right? Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I was like, wow, look at that. He's only been up like a week. That's so cool. You know? Yeah. Because I think, and it, look, like, let's be clear. Everyone who's, people are going to freak out about how much I remember about Gardner, but it was, he was quite bad at batting. That first year, I remember it was it became a thing. And that was what was so fun about me rooting for him, too, because I was like him getting just a single was like, oh, my gosh, like he got on base, mom, look. And now he's yeah. going to try stealing second. Like that was mind blowing to me. And I remember when I was watching, it was on ESPN, I believe, too. It was like a Sunday night baseball game, I think. And I remember this slow rinky dink, the most perfect Brett Gardner hit. Of course, he forms into a better hitter, but. Yeah, that was that was a really great moment. Uh, I, I, it's amazing that you were able to be at that game. I just, 
I don't think I ever saw really a game in person. The only Brett Gardner in person, I guess, moment was just like that moment when I went to a game, maybe like 2013, I think with my dad and he does like the, the, the flexing or whatever, when they oh, yes. do the roll call, uh, that, and I didn't know he did that. I don't yeah. think, yeah. um, despite being such a fanboy, I didn't know that. So I lost my mind. I was super happy about it. <laughs> I saw him get a couple singles, but yeah, you like, you could ask my parents, like I was on him from the beginning and it wasn't easy by the way. Because all my rinky-dink jerk friends, they're like, no, nah, man, it's about Teixeira. Oh, it's yeah. about A-Rod. It's about Jeter. And I'm like, screw all of you, all right? <laughs> I, You guys pretended that I was a loser who didn't like anything for like that was cool for the longest time. I have This guy's mine, all right? And it's actually funny looking back now to just do a little bit. He was at this like bad play. Everyone was treating me when I was younger like he was a bad player just because he, he wasn't. wasn't. No. He was actually quite good. He actually, if not for Alex Gordon being just, I don't know, Houdini in the outfield, Brett Gardner probably has like four or five gold gloves now. Mm-hmm. Um, it just happened to be that one of the great defensive outfielders in the American League the past decade was in left field. And that was one of the things that happened. When you go look at his numbers, very solid player. I think the big thing is since I'm younger and where I'm just around, you know, my middle school classmates, it was just like no power. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, let's see, the home run total was just five or not even five. It was three, five, seven, eight. And then 2014, 17 was the big jump, right? That's the big jump. Yeah. And then in 2019, when he randomly hit 28, which was incredible, but he wasn't a power guy. So I think when you're growing up, I'm just around these kids who, granted, not easy to judge defensive metrics when you're a kid. It's not like you know exactly what's going on there. Um, I still barely don't, to be honest with you. It's still kind of hard sometimes. Yeah. But- uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it could still be tough, but everyone's like, this guy just hits 260 and he hits like three home runs. He stinks. Yeah. It's like, no, actually, he was really good for the Yankees. And I think one of the the last moments I'll talk about that I remember loving a lot when I was younger, at least, was the inside the park home run. I think he hits this against the Rays. I'd have to look this up again. And what was great about it was, I think, reportedly uh, before the game, he like met some kid at the, at did some hospital thing and some kid asked him to hit a home run. And then like the very next night, he basically hit one. He had it inside the park home run. And that was, that was really fun. So it just added to the legend. And I have his Jersey. Mm-hmm. I have, um, and I've worn that in college as recently as college. That's always been my guy. And I have a framed picture. Uh, so, this is true. This is true. I'm not kidding. I have a ball signed by him that says last run. And I have the picture of him scoring the last official run at the old Yankee stadium signed as well in my room. Uh, it's no guys, I'm not kidding. This is arguably the biggest fandom in my life. It's Spider-Man's number one. And then, you know, like Naruto's number two, but Brett Gardner is probably number three for the most like me fandoms I've ever had in my life. It's uh ah, oh God, I love him so much. And he's back with the Yankees yet again. Shocker. And uh, I was at that game too. Cause I had the Sunday package and the last oh, nice. game of the, yeah. That's funny. Um, I have a couple of Brett Gardner memories. One of my favorites, um, and Mo set this up for everyone. Um, it was a Sunday game, because like I said, I had the Sunday package. Mm-hmm. Against the Tigers, Sunday, August 11th, 2013. Mm-hmm. Now, the Yankees were winning this game 5-3, heading into the top of the ninth. Mm-hmm. Mo comes in. He gives up a home run to Miguel Cabrera, solo. Okay. Prince Fielder lines out. Then Victor Martinez hits a solo home run to tie the game at five at four four. And I'm just sitting there going, "Are you kidding me? 
<laughs> and not only that, that was the first game that I saw Alex Rodriguez come back when he was going to be suspended and he came back from the hip surgery and he hit a home run for me that day. And um, people in my section were booing him. And as soon as he hit the home run, I was giving them double middle fingers because I was wearing an A-Rod shirt. And because uh, I did that sort of thing, I was, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't behave at baseball games. And um, <laughs> the bottom of the ninth, Eduardo Nunez lines out Vernon Wells pinch hits for Chris Stewart, which I mean, 2013. Hello. He strikes out (laughs) seven pitches though. So it wasn't like he struck out on three. Yeah. And then Brett Gardner on a one Oh pitch hits a home run to deep fly ball, the deep fly (laughs) ball to right field and wins the game five, four. And that, and that's the amazing part because, you know, pre like around the, before the like 2014, we started hitting a little bit for more power. Like, a Brett Gardner home run is like a much bigger deal because it's like, oh my God, this yeah. guy's like a singles, steals a tons of bases and defensive specialist basically for the most part, right? Right. And then he comes in for him to hit it. It's just incredible. I know he has a little bit more of a power stroke these days, uh, but man, that's a, that's a funny one. That's a funny one. I kind of random moment. I believe Jeter's last game, which part of me still to this day still thinks it was way too perfect of an ending. <laughs> that like there was some conspiracy going on like i know some people said that um they were like i don't know man they let him um i remember gardner was the person that was up at bat before jeter has that walk-off hit and in my head watching it i was like oh my god if he wins the game here he'll be like the most hated guy or if he (laughs) double play something like that right like he would be the most hated guy because it's a storybook ending so i was just like all right he took the walk all right great because i didn't want this to turn that way you know everything had been going my way because i think um when he got his first all-star selection first and only all-star selection that was also a big moment for me where i was like just flipping the birds all now i don't talk to them anymore at this time i'm in high school right uh, just flipping the birds all those people who were making fun of me for brett Gardner, people who still do honestly um and him being in the all-star team i drafted him in fantasy baseball the first year i played fantasy baseball i was like guys we did an auction draft too which was oh man everybody out there if you can convince your league hobies and football too you could do it auction drafts especially if you can do them in person i know we can't do stuff in person right now but oh my god they are such a delight and we were doing fancy baseball one there's all types of dumb stuff going on like the bunch of like seven people in the league didn't know anything about baseball they're bidding like 90 dollars on andrew mccutcheon and some of them they got bored and then started slap boxing it was great but i remember like i evil eyed every single person in the room when brett gardner came up like i was like no 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 because the reason why is because it's not like this is Jeter. It's not right. like this is uh, a Troy Tulowitzki, a Mike Trout, like a top level player. Everyone obviously would want. Right. It's like, no, you guys know this is only my dude. You know what I'm saying? So if you try to like bid me up or outbid me, like we have to fight. Like I'm not even a fighter at all, but like we have to fight. Like this, this is the constitution. It's written article four, section 19. You have to do that. Right. That's, that's just how it's a, uh, embedded and i got him and then that was the year that he made the all-star team so it was very fulfilling um man i I just thinking about all the brett Gardner memories the the one fun moment i think the last fun moment that i could think of off the top of my head would be the um i think it was it was the cubs walk off oh and i think this is my junior year in college this is back this is the year when i'm starting because one thing about my base my relationship with baseball is it's been very up and down I've had years where I've gone like three years not caring 
Mm-hmm. And then I jumped back. I had like a two year hiatus. And then I jumped back in with locked on and stuff like that. And then I just saw that the Cubs, I think I'm in school. I think I was in class actually, or maybe I just got out of class and someone had the game on mm-hmm. uh, because it's what you do, I guess, in college. And then, oh my gosh, him hitting that. I believe they were down. They were they down by three. What happened was they looked like they didn't know a game was being played. They just looked lethargic. <laughs> and I was like, what were they hung over? Like, what is going on? And then he hits the home run. And it's like, holy crap, because yeah, they were down. And then I think they went up three, two with the home run. Cause was it like a three run home run? It was something crazy. Like it was two, nothing. And I think he yeah. made it three, two. And you know, I was like, oh, they are awake. <laughs> At least Brett Gardner's awake. Yeah, he really is kind of like that spark plug. Mm-hmm. He he was that guy that, you know, I know that all of the nerd boys and, and gals love to do the, oh, the stats and this, blah, 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 blah. The, there's no such thing as clutch stats and all this. It's like, bro, I don't care, man. These are human beings. You can't tell me that there's something about the culture and him being around. He's that scrappy guy that you kind of need. Right. Um, and I remember some people have referenced before. They were like, you know, I fear that dude. In the, in, if there's a guy coming up to play it more than like A-Rod, you know what I mean? Everyone was like, that's the guy that scares me more. It's it's not, like even some people, I know one person who was like, I was more scared of him than judge. They're like, there's just something about him. That spark plug, like you could be down by three, but he just gets that little single. He's running the first like real, real fast, you know, <laughs> right, right. it's stuff like that. And, you know, to a little bit of a relationship, like Tatis with the Padres, like when that guy just gets a single, it's the most exciting single in the world. Right. I've just never seen any. He has the most exciting ground outs in history. <laughs> I'm just like, what's going on? I, why am I glued, like glued to the screen? Like this is the fourth quarter of football game. Um, so he's kind of like that. And I think that that's what's been awesome. I just love that I've been validated. By mm-hmm. my fandom of Brett Gardner for all these years. I mean, I don't know if the listeners can tell. I am such a big fan. Um, my other favorite players. Your, I wish they could see your face while you're discussing <laughs> him because you just have this giant smile on your face the entire time while you're talking about him. It really is like a, a personality thing, though. Like, I, that's why I wanted to go for the beginning. Like, it really was a thing where I, was, I grew up with a bunch of jerks and that disliked me for a whole bunch of reasons. And I was, you know, upset about that. And I was like, all right, screw all of you. I think it's like, fifth sixth grade I forgot when he debuts what grade I was in but like around that time I then started went to like a summer camp where they I started to realize I wasn't that weird Mm -hmm. like breaking news so I went to a private school with only like 28 kids in my class so if you didn't like the things that like the three cool kids did then you were weird and it was like when I went to the summer camp thing it was like wait why are you weird because you like Sonic the Hedgehog you like playing ratcheting clank games on playstation 2 you play games over the weekend sometimes like that's what you're weird for like i like anime like that would have been perceived a little bit now now that's more mainstream but video games and stuff like that like you play pokey what they were like aghast at that so then i built some confidence and i came back and i was like no screw all of you people i'm kind of cool i like brett gardner that's my guy uh all of you are wrong uh i still love jeter i don't want to take shots at jeter all the people who take shots at jeter are whack um (laughs) But yeah, it was it, it was my guy for a long time. And even the days that I wasn't paying attention to baseball. So I think like my freshman and sophomore year of high school and then a little bit of my junior year too, like a three quarters of the way of it. I didn't pay attention to anything mm-hmm. uh, in baseball, but some random nights I would just check. I'd look up baseball reference and be like, how is he doing this year? 
Like I would just, I would just be curious that I would see that and then maybe check the highlights a little bit, but I never followed the Yankees as much those years. Those are some, some dark years too for the Yankees. I think they had that one playoff period where I think the five best hitters on their team all batted like 100 in the playoffs. Yeah. It was like Cano, Swisher, Jeter gets hurt. I think, um, Basically, my my interest in the Yankees was only when I visited my dad and we would just be watching the games together. That was like the core of it. And my dad still loses his mind. You should. He's called some inappropriate names to players before. Maybe some politically incorrect names. I don't know. He said something about Michael Pineda, the way he not that uh, not, um, it's not that. Um, bad or anything like that but he would just find it funny the way he he's moving around after every pitch <laughs> like my dad would just get a kick out of that he would call to share a dizzy the dizziness because there was one game when he had to sit out because of dizziness and my dad was like you coward <laughs> like he was just so upset about that uh my dad's text messages about the yankees are and i mean this with all love he uses like the trump vernacular you know the dot like he'll be like a-Rod strikes out again, a bust, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's how he would talk. He did that about Maroon 5 at the Super Bowl one time. He was just like, Maroon 5, a bust. <laughs> like, it's just like, I don't think he realizes he's doing it, but it's right. just, it's, it's hilarious. And it's great that everyone who's ever come into contact with me knows that uh, Brett Gardner was my guy and he still is. And I'm, and do you think he's going to be good this year? Because that's another thing you alluded to with like Clint Frazier, like, as much as I love Gardner, I feel like the more salient, uh, I don't know, more fruitful uh, decision they could probably make is starting this guy. <laughs> like they, have, they, the Yankees hate Clint Frazier. <laughs> like they, they hate this guy. I know. I, well, I mean, if they hated him, they would have. They could have traded him like three different times. So I think, yeah, no, I think I think this is going to be the actual year that he really breaks out. Cause I mean, he, mm -hmm. he did well last year. He was dealing with those concussion symptoms a um, couple of seasons ago. And, you know, people don't realize that that stuff messes with you for a long time. And that affected his outfield play. I wouldn't mm -hmm. be wanting to go anywhere near a wall if I had, you know, hit my head as hard as he did and was experiencing the stuff he was experiencing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he looked a lot smoother and he was taking better roots last uh, season and didn't look as inept in the field. So that's good. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I do love Brett Gardner, but I'd prefer for him to be a bench player. I like that mm -hmm. they still have, you know, he's the last holdover from the last championship. Yeah. And I feel like these guys need that. Um, even though they can all talk about the chase for 28, but he's the one that was there for 27, you know, mm -hmm. CC's gone. And um, I feel yeah. like, he could be the guy lighting a fire under their behinds. But I have one more Brett Gardner thing to talk about because the last okay. game I attended in person, September 1st, 2019, he played a role in a comeback win. It was Mike Messina day because he had been elected into the Hall of Fame. And Oh, I loved Moose growing up too. Well, yeah, Moose was, Moose was my dude. Moose. And my brother was up at Cooperstown a week after the induction. My brother's an umpire and he works tournaments up there. And he got me a Moose t-shirt. So I was wearing that. A nice person on Twitter bought me a $200 ticket so I could be close to the wow. field. Yeah. I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. He's like, you provide me with a lot of, you know, you make me laugh on Twitter. I want you to be at this game. Don't worry about it. I'm like, okay. 
Hey, and you make I me re- laugh on Twitter too. I don't know if I could get you a $300 ticket though, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I nearly cried when Moose was going around in the cart. And then I nearly cried when I realized Jay Happ was pitching because <laughs> earlier that season, I went to old timers day and Jay Happ was bombed by the Astros. And I was like, oh, the only two oh, games no. I go to this season are going to be a Jay Happ game. Then he pitches really well against Sean Manaya. And the A's don't score until Hap leaves the game. They score four runs. The Yankees are being shut out into the, I want to say the bottom of the seventh. And they had that 208 game long streak of not being shut out. And I think at that point it was 201. And I was like, oh my God. And I had gotten up from my seat because I was meeting Susan Slusser, beat writer for the, well, she's now for the Giants, but she was writing for the A's. She's like, I want to meet you. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not far from the <laughs> press box. I'll meet you. And uh, we were talking. And of course, while I was out of my seat, the Yankees scored, I think, three runs in the bottom of the eighth. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. I'm not going back to my seat because <laughs> yeah. clearly they're doing better without me there. <laughs> so my brother and his girlfriend were sitting in a different part of the stadium. And my brother's like, come down to the Great Hall. We'll watch it from the Great Hall. I'm like, okay. So they're down 4-3. Brett Gardner comes up, hits a solo home run to tie the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there going, they're going to win this. I'm like, I can feel it right now. They're winning this game on a walk-off. Mike Ford comes up, 3-2 count. Ford, boom. Pinch hit, boom. <laughs> home run wins the case. <laughs> that was a wacky season. And cut, everybody, that about does it for part one, just part one, of my chat with Stacey Gatsoulias of Locked On Yankees. Before I tease what you guys can look forward to in the future of this here podcast, I want to quickly talk to you about Locked On Fantasy Baseball. I talked about it at the top of the pod, actually, and that was all genuine. Don't get me wrong. I love me some fantasy baseball. But fantasy baseball addicts, let me tell you, you now have the new best resource to help give you an advantage in your leagues. And the reason I know so much is Locked On Fantasy Baseball. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast. Hosted by veteran analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades, two two whole two ten year periods of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins, season long dynasty, dynasty leagues, uh, DFS. Um, Lockdown Fantasy Baseball really covers it all. Subscribe to Lockdown Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcast, guys. And I'm a big old fantasy dork, so I 100% approve for sure. I'm so excited. And for once, a Padre is probably going to be one of the, the the like five first picks at minimum of a draft which is crazy so really exciting times so in terms of this podcast guys what you can expect is tomorrow saturday i'm going to be putting out part two of this because i missed the podcast on i think it was wednesday i missed uh, the second part of my chat with Stacy Gatsoulias. And don't worry, uh, at the top, before I get into that part two of my chat with Stacy, going to be talking a little bit about some more spring training thoughts. And specifically, uh, somebody sent me a question over about Will Myers that I want to talk about, uh, a little comment that somebody made that I think is worth repeating. And then talking a little bit about the leadoff spot and I guess the lineup construction and whatnot. And then, of course, the San Francisco uh, Giants game, which is going to be happening tonight. If anything interesting happens, that leads to a prompt for me to talk about something and go into my tangents that I hope that you guys enjoy um and then also next week going to be doing my 10 official like 10 question list for the 2021 Padres which I think should be a lot of fun talking about some more spring chase in there too but also special guest coming to the pod Kat Garcia who's written for places like the Athletic Baseball Prospectus Baseball FYI Fansite a whole bunch of places she's going to be talking uh coming on the show to recount this story that she did about radio and what how much of a relationship uh baseball fans have with it specifically and it's a really good piece so uh go look that up um for sure it's it's a really good 
piece. And um, I have such an attachment to radio, both in terms of a career wise and in terms of just growing up with the radio, listening to it with my dad. So that should be a really fun conversation coming to you next week. But with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever, just wherever, just just, just check it out. Uh, and while you're at it, send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcasting app. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies, take care.